0: Welcome to the Alpha Pack Podcast. When you hear the word alpha, what comes to mind? Is it a lone wolf who goes his own way? Or maybe it's a powerful leader who bulldozes over the competition. Well, what if we told you that true alphas aren't lone wolves intent on tearing people down? They're actually dominant leaders who never back down from the challenge of improving the lives of everyone around them. As part of the Alpha Pack, we believe that no leader should be on their own, They need a pack of people keeping them accountable, challenging them, and encouraging them to be the best that they can possibly be. Join us as we hear incredible stories from industry leaders about how to become an alpha that will settle for nothing less than making the world better than the way they found it. Are you ready to learn what it takes to become a true alpha? Then pull up a chair, because you have a seat at the table as part of the pack. This is the Alpha Pack Podcast.
1: Well, welcome back. We are nearing the end of season two, and we wanted to take some fun time with these last four episodes and talk about alphas of history that have inspired us. We've been sharing intimate personal stories and tactical business stuff and processing how do you live with this internally, externally, but but we are not the first people to play with this and try to figure out how to do this. Um, and a huge, I'm a huge believer in the value of biographies and history to learn from life. Partly because you get to read a cool story and call it personal development. Um, it's like a novel that that helps you. Um, it, it's the only kind of storytelling I can get Daniel to read anymore these days. Um, you know, he's, he's falling off. Of not life. really. <laughs> so, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the next four episodes and we're going to each pick an alpha from history that has inspired us, challenged us, part of our own journey that gave us cool thoughts or or maybe even did something wrong that we can learn from. And then we're going to talk a little bit about them and what they're doing and um and have some fun digging into alphas of history. So I want to talk about uh my, one of my all-time favorites is President Roosevelt, but probably not the one you just thought of, because that is one of my like shaking my fist frustrations. Everyone talks about FDR and uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president in World War II for the United States, as this great and amazing president and all this stuff. And listen, this isn't about his political party though. I could have debates about the parts I like or that. I am, I'm the more I read about his life, the less I liked that man. That guy was like, let's put it this way. Every single one of his children campaigned really aggressively against him. Like the closer you knew him, the less you liked that guy. He was a manipulative. like He said his staff, his leadership strategy was to um, to keep his staff guessing, insecure, and feeling like they didn't really have any power. And he had like secret moles in every one of his people's departments. And he would tell them, "Hey, one of your people, but I won't tell you who it is." Yeah, okay, okay. This is not about FDR. This is about the Roosevelt I love, Eddie Stinking Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt. The original, the guy who FDR actually called his hero, and literally FDR made his career a direct imitation of Teddy. Teddy was the man, and Teddy was a stinking alpha. So, for those of you who don't know much about him, by the way, he's the one of the guys on the um, the, the the Mount Rushmore, like one of the four giant heads next to Lincoln. At one point in time, he was a giant in American history, and it's so sad. Is. I would say still is, but he has faded. I think most people have no idea, like, Teddy, isn't he on Rushmore? Like, what, what did he do? And they don't know anything about him. Like, he's he's just kind of lost. All, so right. His... all right. So what did you love about him, Scott? What makes no, him no, out? No, 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 no. Before we get to that, I've got to kind of
2: augment Scott's introduction by maybe the greatest quote of all time. So if oh, you're not on. familiar on. with That's Teddy there. Roosevelt, I had this quote up in my office 15 years ago. Yeah, it's um, th- this has been say. one of the more inspiring things I've ever encountered. Right. And so here it is. This is a quote from um, from Teddy Roosevelt in a speech that he gave. He says, it is not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat.
3: Pretty awesome, dude. It's one of my like, favorite If that
2: doesn't fire <laughs> you up, you need to just—I don't—go see a doctor. <laughs> and, and see if you've actually got a pulse because you've got that, a medical
3: problem. Yeah. yeah, you've
2: got a medical condition
3: if that doesn't fire you up and make you want to go change the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. his life was very much lived that way, too. Yeah, I mean, he lived in, like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to do it. And also, also, that time in history was amazing because that's just how everybody thought, kind of. <laughs> right. But Teddy I, was an I, alpha among that generation of how I changed.
1: would say Teddy inspired a generation of alphas. That's mm. fair. I don't know that it was happening um in, in, in a lot of the world. Teddy kind of lit that fire up and brought he brought new, no now. Actually, I take that back. There that was also the era of the robber barons, like mm-hmm. the guys who built these epic billion, you know, mil, at that time, multi-million dollars, what would be multi-billion? But and, like, and like the
2: Vanderbilts and the really? Carnegie's and yeah, like
1: like abuse their colors. staff and make billions, right? Um grind their people in the dust for money. And so they were alphas without a soul. And Teddy was the guy who brought idealism and virtue. And so we could just drop the mic at the end of that, that thing of like, see, there's Teddy, That's all we need to say, but I will say a few things for those who don't know. One of my favorite parts about Teddy is that as a child, he was sickly and mm-hmm. they didn't expect him to live very long or have any functional fu- use in society like massive asthma problems, um, headaches, laid up in bed, was behind on schoolwork because he couldn't show up, had to be be physically carried by his dad to go outside and watch the other children play, but couldn't play with them. I mean, that kind of level of sickly, right? Um, And his dad said to him, well, you can either accept the body you have, or you can make the body that you want to have. And so Teddy said, screw it. I'm going to make the body that I want to have. And he put himself through a brutal regimen as a teenager to build his body and as a young man to grow into it and figure out some cool stuff. So one of the things they did was they sent him out west. Now, west at the time was like... Like Mont like Wyoming. like he didn't even make it to Montana. like the middle, uh,
3: the middle of nowhere. nothing but he going made on. It to
1: South Dakota, by the end of his life, he made it all the way to South Dakota, and that was the Wild West, right? Halfway to the cross for those who don't know u s. geography, that's halfway across the continent. He didn't even make it to the to the other half of the continent. But why? like crazy cold north, wild lands. So he went off and did adventures, but then he came back, went to Harvard, you know, because that yeah, you know, it's what you do. But he, by the way, he did all tutoring, schooling, there's a whole conversation. That thing that they they felt bad for him. So they gave him a tutor because he couldn't go to school. Turns out that he, he while he put himself through Harvard, he wrote his first book, which was an international bestseller. Uh, and he used those proceeds to pay for some of his uh, adventures. He bought himself some head, by the way, he's a wealthy family, so he could afford to do that. He bought himself like 5,000 head of cattle with his book proceeds and decided to become a rancher. Um, isn't that what you're doing with your book proceeds, Scott? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's llamas, it's llamas, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, alpacas. Great tack. alpacas, right? I, yeah. like,
2: I expect a nice sweater for Christmas.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, it'll be a sweater vest like you always wear, Daniel. You're going to love it. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like, he's a beast. Like, when, like, let me give you a couple, two other nuggets of him. When he was president, he. He would do They they actually had to institute a rule because he'd be like, I'm all about physical fitness, which was a shocking thing at the time. So he would go swim in the Potomac, which is the river right through Washington, D.C. But of course, he swam buck naked. So they had to make a rule that the the cameraman the pressman cannot go down to the river he couldn't do interviews when he was swimming because uh, <laughs> a naked president apparently wasn't the right but then he would bring his jiu-jitsu instructor and do lessons and occasionally show up to state dinners with a black eye and an arm and a sling because um, he had a rough jiu-jitsu lesson that day i mean that's teddy stinking roosevelt the guy was a beast
3: he was also a pretty Epic father in a lot of ways, too. I don't know how much you guys read about that or know about that. So, his presidential retreat is like 30 minutes from where I live, maybe 45. And we go there. So, we've been there several times, but our kids take a a field trip there as well. But I didn't realize, like, of how sort of outside of the box he was in his parenting, right? I mean, like, he would let his kids have animals in the White House. Like, they were very much known for, like, kind of. Just let people express themselves in creative ways, but not in a, you in know, not a way that like made things hard, but like, just be curious and learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's pretty alpha to be like, Hey man, we've got, you know, cows and all these things kind of just roaming around because I want my kids to know how this works and that works. And so just a lot of, um, but also a lot of self-drive self-resolve, like if you want to make it true, go make it true. Obviously for himself, but also applied a lot of those environments for himself as a father. So I I think he was alpha too.
1: He was a unique mix of like he always challenged his kids to do big things, hard things. How far can you go? But he was also very doting, which was not of that era. I mean, this is early 1900s. By the end of 1800s, early 1900s, he like. Would have his kids, little kids, or grandkids when he was a grandfather have, climb into his lap during presidential meetings and like snuggle grandpa while he's talking about of eh, yeah. State. Dude, yeah. which again, the opposite of FDR. All his kids hated him. No, that's FDR. Teddy's kids loved that guy. Their, their one life ambition was to be close to their dad or granddad and just like he lit them up. T- he, he showed that you could be great in the world and build a great family. Oh, and by the way, have great adventures. He would like occasionally on presidential retreats. He would just go back out to the West. And while he was president, he hunted bear one time and then a bear charged him. And he just stood there firing shot after shot into the bear until the thing fell down three feet from him. It just didn't even turn. Just kept.
4: He was giving. I'm pretty sure it was the one he was giving a speech. He got shot and then he finished giving the speech. and then
3: after he's like all right now you can take it yeah no he had a piece of paper folded up his speech was folded up folded over several times it got he got shot perfectly and where that piece of where his speech was folded up so it didn't actually basically go all the way into him it like was a surface somewhat flesh wound but he was like no no this speech is really important i'm not gonna not give this speech and then you'll you, essentially you can tend to the wound after I get my job done is basically kind of what he said.
4: <laughs> yeah. He got a lot done. The, my favorite thing, Scott, I've read some of the same things that you've um, Like I just enjoyed the vigor. I mean, because he was I think he was head of the Navy for a while. Yep. He yep. held he held a position. Either he's a police commissioner or something in Boston or something to that effect. New York, no, yeah. New York, like New York,
1: Tammany Hall, Rotten, New York. And talk about virtue. He made his career off of fighting the corruption in like. New York, Tammany Hall was infamous for corruption. It was like the corrupt place. And he made his whole career in fighting those guys. And,
4: and, and he just approached so much of his stuff with vigor. The thing that I always liked. we actually were in uh, Disney World in Tokyo and they have a Teddy Roosevelt bar and saloon. And they've got all these pictures of it up. And we had lunch there and drinks and it had like, you know, uh, bears holding up the bar and all this stuff and all these paintings in him. But I love the fact that he would click his teeth like you could hear him being excited. He was click his teeth like when he'd get excited about things, and he'd be like, ah, I'm gonna approach it. And he'd walk in. And they could say you could hear him clicking his teeth on the way into the office because he would be so excited and full of like I'm ah, gonna. He was he was a neat, neat president.
2: All right, Scott. So awesome stories. Sounds like an incredible dude. Let's tie this back to Alpha. What would be the two or three kind of alpha takeaways from the stuff you've read about Teddy Roosevelt because I'm a huge fan but I'm I'm curious how you kind of tie it back.
1: Yeah, step one is we talked about physical energy. Hunter alpha is just having the energy to pull it off. And and listen, obviously if you have a, like a a major disability in your body that's holding you back, there's going to be things you maybe you shouldn't go bear hunting, but but maybe you should. Um I mean that's Teddy was born with at the time was a pretty debilitating uh, physical. He had extreme asthma, it turned out to be what it was. And and they don't have, they didn't have like inhalers to fix it back then. It's like you're life threatening. And there was a couple of times as a kid, he almost died, like couldn't breathe and was barely made it. And most people would have pulled back from that. And so I would say you may have some things holding you back. And his first, maybe most important alpha decision is. Well, there's the limits I started with, but I want to change those limits. Who says I have to stay with the body that I currently have? What if I could change that? And so that epic decision, everyone else is writing you off and saying you're the sickly kid who can't handle it. Well, figure it out. I, I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what the, the way that you've given up that like, here's my limitation, but you know, I, one of our best friends, Daniel, I'm Daniel, i thinking Ryan, who's uh, a brilliant, uh, multiple serial entrepreneur, d- genius, all this stuff openly talks about, Oh no, yeah, I'm dyslexic. Now he says, the one thing I love though, is I've read so many technical manuals. I love reading technical stuff. The kind of things most people run away from are my, my wheelhouse. I'm who says you have a disability? So therefore you're defined. That'd be my first challenge of it. And then the second one Jay brought up is most of the alphas in history did so at the cost of their family. Yeah. It, it's tragic. And Teddy gives me a lot of hope. Is like, nope, you don't, you don't have to give up your family to do it. They can you can be doting and loving and intimate while taking them on wild, crazy adventures while changing the freaking world um, top of your game. You don't. Is it harder? Is it going to take a lot of careful balancing and deliberate choice? Yeah, you're not going to drift to that position, but it is actually possible. And then the third, I would say this is uh, his virtue. So politics, especially, it's just like a truism. If you're going into politics, you have to be willing to compromise and you can't be idealistic. It's just not how this game works, right? Teddy was crazy idealistic. He compromised on nothing, um, and he just, with energy and intensity and friendships, just hammered at the bad guys, so to speak. I mean, you know, outright illegal corruption—pretty um, so clearly bad guys in most cases—just hammered at him. And you know what? By the end, he always won. He outlasted him. He outworked him, and virtue came out. And so. I think it's sadly true that the vast majority of politicians have not managed to lead well with high integrity when you look underneath the covers, right? But the closer you look at Teddy's life, the more you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't agree with all the decisions he made. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, omnisciently perfect, but you, there's literally no record of the slightest bit of a compromise on integrity in his life ever, dude. Lived high virtue with great family and started off saying this guy's not going to amount to anything. So, yeah, those are my three takeaways from Teddy Roosevelt.
0: You've been listening to the Alpha Pack Podcast. To learn more about how you can implement the strategies and insight discussed in today's episode, make sure to check out the show notes page and follow the pack on www.alphapackcommunity.com. Until next time, we hope you settle for nothing less than making the world better in the way you found it. Stay Alpha.